Into three for the final time. Even coming off four. Bowman edges ahead, clears Larson. Alex Bowman wins Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. On this week's episode, we are going to take a look back at Las Vegas, try to recap what we saw there, what were our thoughts, and how our bets made out. Anything we could take away as well, moving forward through the rest of the year. Then we will transition into Phoenix because they are wrapping up the West Coast swing. Three races out there. This is the last one before they come back to the East Coast. Phoenix, we'll talk about what that track has in store for us with some track stats, how to play this one as far as strategy is concerned, and then get to some picks. We're going to talk about a couple guys we'd like to win the race, then some finishing position bets and some creative bets as well, some thoughts on some of that stuff, and then a special treat because we're going to welcome on back to the podcast Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast. We are going to talk with him about how their podcast has gone so far this year and get to a full tank face-off as we talk about some head-to-head matchups at the end there. So a jam-packed episode. I'm really looking forward to it. And while we're talking about some friends of the podcast, I wanted to mention Derek at Picks by Blaze on Twitter and Instagram. He has been doing a thing on Wednesday nights on Twitter Spaces at 8 p.m. I joined it last week and definitely looking to you know take part in that throughout the season where if you're a person who listens to any of these podcasts about gambling on NASCAR and you've got some picks that you're really into or you just like listening to some people talk live, um, give that a look. I had a lot of fun last week talking with Derek about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, that hour, and had some people drop in just to listen, had some people jump in with some picks of their own. It was really fun. So give that a look on Derek's Twitter. Uh, he has that tweet pinned to the top if you're uh, looking to get involved in the conversation a little bit. Have a lot of fun there. So let's talk about Las Vegas to start. Alex Bowman is your winner. He is just killing my bets over the last few years. Um, but you know, I guess you got to give him props. Last minute restart there, and he was able to hold off Kyle Larson, our current champ, the guy who's just been dominating NASCAR. Alex Bowman got it done in the last two laps. He held off the five and won the race. So there's got to be some props there. Um, even though he destroyed my bet, I had Larson to win the race. I was, you know, obviously cheering for the five there. So that one hurt just a little bit, but he gets the job done little bit of a feud now, once again. Um, I think they talked about this last year. Kyle Busch called him a hack. I think it was him last year. Maybe it was Denny last year. But now Kyle Busch is involved in a little bit of a feud with Bowman, saying that he backs into every single win that he's ever had. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, you know, he, he's not a guy who really, like, goes out and just dominates and, and wins the race. It kind of feel the same way as Kyle. Obviously, he said it in frustration. But... Something to take away. Maybe we got to look forward to, you know, what that holds for us. Anybody going to take it out on the track? Or are they just going to do, like, passive-aggressive passive stuff, like create T-shirts and, 
you know, put sales up, you know, so Bowman created a t-shirt with what Bush said, and then Bush changed his championship t-shirts on his website to 48% off. Um, so very, you know, funny stuff that they're doing with these rivalries. But, you know, I, th- I think there's definitely some ill will there somewhere deep down. But uh, we'll talk more about that, I guess, as the episode moves on. Now, we did have um, some head-to-head matchups that we called out last week, went one and two, and Alex Bowman killed that as well because I had Harvick to beat him in that matchup. I did not think Bowman was going to do that well. He absolutely killed that closer stat. I called him out because he was not someone who was able to get the job done late in the race at Vegas, and, well, he absolutely did the opposite. He got it done late um, with that caution coming out at the right time. He took full advantage of it, so he ruined that head-to-head pick and made me go one and two for the week. Uh, Blaney had another rough go. I called him out in a head-to-head matchup, and, you know, you got to think that once they're able to put a full race together, he's going to be in victory lane or, you know, just racking in top fives because that car once again looked good, just had some bad luck. So that was another head-to-head matchup that got ruined due to some uh, bad luck, even though the car looked good. Now, our one big bet was Eric Amarola had him plus 200, and also on race day, he was plus 325 to finish in the top 10. So we cashed that ticket. That was a great one. Had Stenhouse as well, bit of a heartbreaker. He was in the top 10 easily right before that caution came out at the very end, and then he dropped like a rock after the restart there. He went from uh, 11th to, I think, 22nd or 21st is where he finished. So missed out on that one. That caution, you know, definitely hurt us in a number of different ways. Um, Truex had a, a group bet there they were in on. Um, I think Derek actually was one that talked about it on us with uh, his Twitter space um, meeting last week on Wednesday night. And he had a group bet. It was Eric Jones, Kevin Harvick, and Alex Bowman. So Bowman blew that one up as well. Truex, I mean, he was going to possibly win the race battling with Kyle uh, before that caution came out. So another bet that Bowman ruined for us there. Really tough to take. Um, So all in all, kind of a a down week. You know, Amarol was a a good hit to be on. You know, very value pick. But the head-to-heads going one and two were a killer and, and missing out that close on the winner. Definitely stung quite a bit. Uh, talking about the trucks just quickly because great race on Friday night. Chandler Smith gets it done. We talked about him, and he was a good value, plus 2000 I believe it was, to win the race. So uh, threw a little bit of money on him, not as much as I would have liked, obviously, in retrospect, because I really thought Kyle Busch was going to win the race. But speaking of Kyle Busch, one bet that I had a lot of money on was Christian Eckes, to beat Ty Majeski. I threw I saw that come out on race day on DraftKings and I threw the the house on that one and Eckes was winning the race before he was spun out by Kyle Busch. Like what are you doing, man? You're a cup driver. What do you I, I didn't really know how to unpack that one. I didn't know if that was Eckes coming down on him or or if Bush just, you know, was trying to bully him. I took it, you know, because I'm a gambler and I'm allowed to be scorned. I took it as Kyle Busch um, sticking his nose really where he didn't have to. He's a better driver than that, but um, I thought, well, okay, now that you knocked him out of the way, you might as well go win the race and cash that ticket. I had uh, money on Kyle as well. Chandler, uh, getting it done, was a, a good win. I, I would have won more money if Kyle were to win, but um, in any case, I was happy to 
you know, beyond that because that was a, a great win for that driver. So really happy with how that played out there. Um, so yeah, truck race does not disappoint every single time. It, it really is some of my favorite racing, honestly, um, when they're up. So can't wait for them to be back. And, and we've got a big one coming up in a few races Thursday night lights at Martinsville. I'm really looking forward to that one, but we've got a few in between. So that's kind of the recap from the weekend in Vegas. Now let's shift our attention to Phoenix because that's where we're headed next. And I think this week we'll start by just jumping right into the track stats here because they've got 51 races in the Cup Series all time. The winner has started on the pole seven times. The last time it happened was just the last time we were here. 2021 fall race, Kyle Larson wins the championship from the pole. Uh, But what we're seeing is kind of similar numbers to what we saw at Vegas, which was the winner starting in the top five 39% of the time, a little lower than I think we're used to at a quote-unquote short track. It's a mile long. And in the top 10, the winner has started there 57% of the time. So once again, I'm going to tell you, you know, if you get your bets in early, don't be too bent out of shape. If your guys that you're betting on don't qualify within the top 10, you know, if you're betting on the outrights to, to win the race, um, because it isn't the end all be all. And if you do great, it's just a feather in the cap. The winner has started outside the top 20, only four times in the history of this racetrack. Last time it happened was Ryan Newman. So I would say if you do bet a little early and your driver finishes outside the top 20 or qualifies, excuse me, outside the top 20, I would be a little hesitant there and you might want to make a cash out situation or bet on some other guys. Manufacturer trends. So this has been kind of a Toyota playground the last 10 races. They've got five wins in the last 10 races. So that's pretty interesting. I don't think I would have predicted that going in blind uh, or guessed that. Ford has two of the last 10 races, and Chevy has three of the last 10. But as we well know, two of those three wins were for a championship at Phoenix. So pretty interesting there. Um, You know, if you go back further, I think you can find a little bit different data there. But uh, for the most part, you know, a little bit split there, Chevy, Ford, and then Toyota um, actually showing up here, kind of dominating the last 10 races. So... Looking at something specific that I wanted to call out, I do think that the championship, being in Phoenix in the fall, is something you want to consider because I wholeheartedly think that it's worth taking an extra look at the spring races when we're looking at the data here because the drivers, I believe, race a little bit differently in the championship race. If you're one of the top four, I mean, it's it's the reason why all the times that we've done the, the championship four model, those four drivers, you know, have really been up front most of the time. Um, it, it's very rare that you see problems with those four drivers. I think the other guys kind of let them go. You know, they don't want to be the ones to cause problems. And for that reason, when you're looking at the data, you know, I think it's worth calling out the last 10 races. That's something I'm going to do. You know, we're going to talk about how drivers are last 10 races at Phoenix. That's a given. But I'm also going to throw in how they've done in the last five spring races, because I think that the spring race not being kind of tainted by the playoffs or championship play a factor. You know, you want to call that out um, if we have the ability to, which we do. So we will be looking at that uh, because I think that is a big enough deal to call out. Um, Maybe give you a little bit more of an edge. Now, 
we've got the new car and the new car has generated some really good racing. You know, I didn't mention how great of a race Vegas was uh, because I'm still kind of bitter with the outcome, but to have the, the race play out the way it did, the finish was fantastic, but the racing throughout was fantastic. And I guess this is just another, you know, check mark in this next gen car and, and the positives there. We're getting good racing as advertised, you know, so far. These guys are struggling to drive that car. And as a fan, that's what you want. Maybe not as a gambler, right? We want to be able to have this a little bit more predictable. Uh, but because it, it is getting kind of difficult seeing some of these new guys, it's all about, well, who's going to be able to predict the next new guy who's competing in the top 10 out of nowhere? You know, last week it was Ross Chastain battling up front and really holding his own with some of the bigger drivers like Larson. So who's it going to be? You know, this next-gen car at Phoenix, how is that going to play out? I was listening to the Teardown podcast. Jordan Bianchi, former guest of Full Tank with Phil, got to love them. And they were talking about the dogleg, you know, because we've seen this car get squirrely over the bumps at Vegas and and the rough track at Fontana. You know, that dogleg, are we going to see them fan out the way that we always have at Phoenix, or are they going to mine themselves until maybe later in the race. The way that they practice and qualify is going to play a big factor in, you know, how they actually are going to be able to execute on race day. Do they feel confident enough? And I think it's going to be another situation of big-name drivers struggling to really drive this thing and getting used to the, the track. Now, they did have some testing here a, a while back, so maybe it's a little bit different than the two tracks we just saw, but I I have to imagine that it's not going to be that different. You know, we'll, we'll want to see how practice goes. Um, we've seen drivers crash their cars in practice the last two weeks. So it's almost becoming must-see TV. Um, who has issues, you know? I don't think the backup car thing is really a, a factor so far this year. Kyle Busch performed awesome last week at Vegas in a backup car. But it's all about who's going to be able to really figure out this car at this track and um, see what kind of racing we get here. The most cautions we've ever had at uh, Phoenix was 12 in 2020 and 2014. I think that's going to be blown out of the water this week. I don't know. Just based on what we've seen, especially at Vegas, uh, I think I think we could be looking at higher than 12 cautions, which would generate some decent racing and giving opportunities to guys who are maybe further down in the odds list, an opportunity to jump up. We'll see. So the rounding out the track itself, I mean, we talked about how it's quote-unquote a short track, but it's really a mile-long flat racetrack. So you want to look at guys who are doing well in their careers at a track like Richmond. You know, I remember we had Jordan Maccabee on um, for the – phoenix race last year and he was really digging into richmond um so that's a racetrack that you'd want to look at another when i think of flat tracks i think of new hampshire um just because that is just like such a a flat track um going off their banking so those two tracks if you got guys who are good there you know consider that when you're looking at some of the guys who don't have too much data but i also don't know how much stock you can put in that stuff because of this new car so we will see. I, I think my strategy for at least the winners, I'm going to go back to chalk. I'm going to go with guys who are towards the top of the odds list. 
because even though we've seen some you know new names up front leading the race during the races and and getting good finishes in the top five top ten we haven't really seen anyone win yet so because of that i'm still comfortable taking guys towards the top of the odds list and we're getting some good value for a couple good drivers here so we'll get into to who those guys are specifically but that's kind of my game plan is you know still try to focus at least to outright picks the, the picks to win the race still focus on those guys towards the top now when i get into my finishing position bets i will call out what those guys are to win the race because i do think you know it's worth knowing that but uh we will talk about three guys specifically to win the race and we might as well get to it because the guy that i like the most this week my first pick i guess i should say is kyle bush plus 700 i was a little bit anxious for the odds to come out because of two reasons. One, I wanted to see where Larson was going to land. And two, I wanted to see where Kyle was going to land. And to see him at plus 700, that's interesting. That value speaks to me. This right now is peak Kyle Busch, I would say, because he has good race cars. Each and every week that we've had so far in this season, even the clash, the 18 car has been on it. And you look back at Fontana, you know, they were down many laps due to the problem that Toyota had, and they were able to figure that out. Kyle Busch, who's this, like, you know, hot-headed driver, was able to keep it together, and they finished on the lead lap with a, a decent finish for that day. And, you know, that says something. You know, that says that that team's on it, they're together, even facing adversity, and their cars have been really competitive, so when you combine that with the fact that Kyle is angry, coming off of this feud with Bowman, I think that that's a, a good recipe for Kyle Busch fans and Kyle Busch gamblers alike because that's the kind of Kyle Busch that you want to bet on when you have that opportunity. Looking his stats at Phoenix, last 10 races, two wins. They came in 2018, 2019, back-to-back. Six top fives, eight top tens. His average finish is 6.2, which is good enough for second on the circuit in the last 10 races. His driver rating is first. Okay, His only blemish in his history of finishes in the last 10 races was 25th, and that happened last spring. So let's talk about spring races. Like I said, we want to pick on them a little bit. So even with that 25th place finish, his spring driver rating actually improves over the last five spring races. And it goes from 116.3 over the last 10 races full to 121.8 in the last five spring races. So let's look at his finishes. 25th, like I said, but after or before that, third, first, second, and third. Unbelievable. Love that. He's plus 150 to finish top three. I am all over that as well uh, because, you know, you look at it, that's four finishes in the last five that are in the top three, plus 150, good value there. Six times he's finished in the top three in the last 10 races at Phoenix. So, you know, these stats, they're arguably the best stats you're going to see at Phoenix. So the value is here. And because that plus 700 number, that's what's calling out to me. I, I think this is worth it. And I would think that this might go down a little bit. We'll see. We'll keep track of it. But to me, Plus 700 to win the race, plus 150 to finish top three. Both are worth your time. So lock that in for me in the 18 car. The next guy I'm going to call out 
is somebody I'm kind of surprised that I'm doing so, but it's Chase Elliott plus 800. Now, looking at the slate of the season so far, Hendrick won two in a row, and I could easily see them winning four in a row, right? You're going to Phoenix this week where they've got some good history and going to Atlanta next weekend and, you know, who's to say what's going to happen to Atlanta? We'll break that down next week, but they could easily win that one too. And if you were to say that uh, the four Hendrick drivers all won a race back to back to back to back early in the season, I would not be shocked. And I would think that this would be the race that Chase Elliott wins. Um, His stats here are worth it. I think that if you were to tell me that there was a stretch in the season where Hendrick Motorsports won three in a row, I would have to think that Chase Elliott's a part of that. So let's get into it here because looking at it, he's got two top tens so far this season. He's not exactly lighting it up. So there's going to be a little bit of faith that's involved here with Chase, but maybe you could say that because we're getting some drivers that are kind of coming out of left field, maybe, you know, Chase is the biggest name in the sport almost, uh, but as far as finishes are concerned and the way he's been driving, he's a little bit off the beaten path so far this season. So maybe him jumping up uh, at Phoenix would kind of fit the billing of anybody's really coming out of left field and, and getting it done. Now, this year, you know, he's, he's not what you've been expecting, but I think that plays into that hand a little bit here. So looking at his last 10 races at Phoenix, he has one win. It was the 2020 title race, five top fives, six top tens. Average finish overall in the last 10 races is 8th, 11.1. But here's another stat that stands out to me because I was trying to find who I liked here and I was a little hesitant to look into Chase a little bit further, but once I did, I kind of saw a couple things that I liked. One of which was his driver rating in the last 10 is second out of everyone, 109.9. That tells a story. That tells you a story that his average finish is 8th, but his driver rating is 2nd. He's not getting the finishes that he deserves. That's what I see. You know, when that is the case, something's happening. And maybe it's not something that he can control, right? Maybe you, you don't know, looking back at the, the numbers here and static piece of paper, what we're going down in those races. But at the end of the day, his driver rating tells you that he is able to wheel it around this racetrack. And that is surprising. The other thing was I saw that his win came in the fall race. So I was like, oh, well, you know, he's probably better in the fall and that, you know, he's been in the championship for a couple times. So that really isn't my bag here. Not necessarily true. Kind of a surprise here because even though his win did come in the fall, his average finish is better in the spring when you look at it that way. 8.2 is fourth out of everyone in the last five spring races. So he's also had speed here. In the last 10 races at Phoenix, he has the most average fastest laps, 32.9 fastest laps on average. That's first compared to everyone. So really good numbers there when you're looking at Chase. Definitely makes your head turn a little bit. If you're like me, you were thinking, oh, well, you know, he had the championship win, but that was really it. Not the case. He's somebody that could actually go out and get this done here this weekend. He's plus 175 to finish in the top three minus 125 to finish top five. All of those, you know, so if you're not behind me to win the race, those two are definitely worth your look as well. That top three number, um, very interesting. I think he's 30% hitting the top three. So 
worth the time to take a look at Chase. Don't overlook him this weekend. I really think that he's somebody that can make some noise. Now, the last guy, I don't know if you call this a cop-out, but I'm going with Kyle Larson. He is available on Barstool's app at plus 400. That's the best odds I've seen for him. He's plus 350 and 300 other places. And we'll talk about some of his other odds, uh, different finishing positions here in a second. But the thing about Larson is I don't want to miss out on him because I feel like when I bet on him, he doesn't do well. Or Sorry, second place uh, last week. I did bet on him. He doesn't win when I bet on him. And then when I don't, he goes out and gets it done. It's like playing fantasy football when you bench a guy and he goes off, you know, and when he's on your bench. And then you put him in the game and he does nothing. That's kind of how I feel about betting on Kyle Larson to win the race. It's it's tough. You know, I, I want to be part of it because uh, it feels like he's just picking up right where he left off last year, and he still has that mojo going. And so, you know, Phoenix, looking at it a little bit further, it, it's kind of hard to pass this one up. His stats are, are good here, kind of similar to Chase, but then you factor in the, the mojo that he has going on. With all of these race wins, I think it was like five of the last seven or something like that, heading into Vegas. So that's what we're talking about. In the last nine races at Phoenix, he has one win, which was last fall, five top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is 9.4. It's good enough for fifth. Driver rating is sixth, 101.8. And his spring average finish goes to 7.4, which would then be third out of everyone in that time frame. He has six straight top tens, four of the last six races he finished in the top four. So that brings me to his value for finishing in the top three because he's plus 110 to finish in the top three on Barstool. Again, DraftKings has him minus money to finish in the top three, So, which is a pretty hard thing to do, right, in NASCAR, finish in the top three. So the fact that you're getting some extra value there at Barstool, I would give that a look. Um and he's got that Hendrick power now as well. I mean, he's performed well at Phoenix in the five car, obviously getting the job done in the championship. So Kyle Larson, I mean, I, I, everyone's kind of on him. Those are his stats at Phoenix, but we all know the story with Kyle Larson right now. He's just on it. So plus 400, if you can still get that number, I'm into that. And because I don't want to miss the boat, you know, I feel like, he kind of got robbed last week. I was surprised, honestly, that he got beat in that showdown with Bowman at the end. So he maybe feels like his thirst wasn't quenched, you know? Go out and get it done at Phoenix. So Kyle Larson, not going to spend too much time harping on him, but plus 400 to win, plus 110 top three. I, I like both of those this week at Phoenix. So it's Larson in the five car, plus 400. Elliott in the nine He's plus 800, and Kyle Busch, that 18, plus 700. Those are the guys I'm digging this week to win the race. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys! So now let's talk about some finishing position bets. And before we get into to picks this week, really around the top 10. I mean, that's what we've been doing so far earlier this year. Haven't seen some good value for top 20s. Uh, but wanted to call out a couple bets here for you to be aware of, because I called this out on Instagram for the 500, I think it was, but never really spoke on it. And DraftKings, once again, they're kind of like cutting edge with some of these like special bets. They have something that really shows up the day of the race. It's called Dual Forecast. And they list a ton of different 
drivers matched up with each other. And basically, this is anyone that loves horse racing, like myself, I mean, got to love the Derby, the, the Triple Crown, that whole thing. This is essentially what would be considered a, a exacta box in horse racing. You're choosing two guys to finish in the top two, and they can finish any which way. And I think that that is so cool. The value, if you were to actually hit one of these, is unbelievable. Um, you're already starting at like plus 8,000. And so the interesting bet to me is they gave you the opportunity last week to play the field. So they list a bunch of different options of different matchups, but then the field was plus 140. So I said, all right, you know, why not? With this season, the way it's going, we've got some random guys could potentially spoil the party. I'm going to ride that. So if that comes up against this week, obviously Larson and um, Bowman, two bigger name guys, that didn't work out. Anybody with Larson. If Larson's in the top two, you're not really going to hit that bet, most likely. Uh, but two big name guys from a big name team, yeah, that's not going to fly. But hey, if this is around this weekend, plus 140 is pretty decent value. I'm going to give it a look. You know, it's worth your your time. And then dig into the, the list a little bit. Maybe there's some uh, drivers that really hit you the right way. Could you imagine cashing in Larson and Bowman last weekend? That would have been a huge payday. So give that a look. If you're a DraftKings user and uh, you have that on race day, give that a look. Let me know if you're, you're on to two guys or if you love the field because that's interesting to me. And then they also have a fun section, you know, the weekly specials. Had a message from my guy on Instagram. I believe it's pronounced Rye. He's a, another Philly guy like myself, uh, from what I can tell. He sent me a message, and I didn't get a chance to see it until after the race. I was, you know, super busy on uh, Sunday, and I missed it. I just didn't have my Instagram up. But they had a, a cool bet out there because they were riffing off of, DraftKings was, riffing off of the Elliott and Larson feud, and they had a bet that was plus 210 for Larson to finish in the top five and Elliott to not finish in the top five, which was awesome. And the funny thing is, when I saw the bet, when I saw the message on Instagram, I looked at my app and I thought I saw Elliott finished in the top five, even though I knew he was like in the ninth place on that restart. And I said, oh, damn, you know, that restart really cost you that bet. Um, so you probably, if you're listening to this, Right, you know, you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? That bet hit because Elliott, of course, did not finish in the top five. So great hit there all around. That's an awesome find, awesome hit. And where this leads us moving forward is if they have a bet this weekend, you know, it's tough to predict what they'll give us, but if they have a bet this weekend for Kyle Busch to finish in the top five and Alex Bowman to finish outside the top five, you absolutely have to take that bet. You know, that's a, a must. So if they're playing off of this new feud this week, man, you got to play into that. So good stuff there, some some more creative bets, and you got to love that. So with all of that being said, let's get to some top 10 picks here because I'm kind of spread across, and I'm going to act a little bit differently than I'm used to when I'm talking about this section because most of the time what I'm trying to do here is find some super great value. But my first pick is kind of the opposite of that. If you're used to the types of picks I make, uh, this is a little bit different than that. Kevin Harvick, all right, minus 165 to finish in the top 10. Now, I would actually argue, and I'm going to here, that this is actually pretty good value. 
Kevin Harvick's numbers are absurd, but it's the top 10 stuff that's really something that is worth looking at. So even though this is minus 165, I kind of expected it to be minus 225, minus 250 to finish in the top 10. So with that being said, it's not very bad. This is a bet, though, that I am kind of going all in on because I need to throw more money down on this bet in order to make it worth my while. So that's why, you know, it's a little bit more risky. But look at his numbers here. He has, in his last 10 starts at Phoenix, 10 straight top 10s. I mean, that's sick. That's just, how is that possible to just be so consistent at a racetrack? He is the guy. If you remember, like, Kevin Harvick for a while there, he was just, you would go to Phoenix and it was like a sure thing that he was going to win. Three in a row, I think he had at one point. I mean, obviously, 10 straight top 10s is telling you something. And this is the kicker for me. Last year, everyone was just going on and on and on about how Harvick was struggling and, you know, he's not his normal self. Well, in both Phoenix races, which are the start and the end of the season, he finished 6th and 8th, so still knocking out that top 10 for us. His average finish, compared to everyone in the last 10 races, is 1st, 5.4. And if you look at the spring race specifically, he actually improves on that number. 4.8 is his average finish in the last 5 spring races. Absolutely crazy. His drive rating is 3rd in the last 10, 109.9. So this is just wild, you know, to, to focus in on a specific driver at a racetrack to have stats like this, it really grabs my attention. Now, I would love to be able to bet on him to, to win the race. He hasn't shown that he's like way off of it, right? So coming out of last year, everyone's like down on Harvick and, you know, he, he doesn't have it. Is he going to retire? You know, what's the, what's the deal? Is he going to be able to adjust to the new car? So far this year, he hasn't shown me that he's like off of it. I would say that about you know, maybe like a Brad Keselowski or something, but that is not what I'm seeing here with Harvick. So I'm going to ride this train, this top 10 train, 10 in a row. He's plus 2000 to even win the race. That's a solid number, especially when you're looking at these stats. Now you kind of have to take him with a grain of salt because he's not what he used to be at Phoenix, but he's still consistent. So that's why I'm feeling a little less confident in to win the race. Uh, but you know, with this season, the way it's going, plus 2,000 on a guy with these stats, hey, I, I could see it happening if you really wanted to go all in on Harvick. For me, I'll see how I feel on race day to win the race, but uh, plus 200 for a top five is also a finishing position bet that I'm interested in. That's some good value there, and that's pretty consistent across the books. Last week, Kevin Harvick, excuse me, last week at Barstool, their top 10 values were a little bit better than you were getting at other sports books. For what it seems like at the moment, this is a consistent number, minus 165, plus 200 for a top five. So that's uh, really what I'm comfortable with. So we might as well do it. Minus 165, lock it in. Plus 200 for a top five. Lock that in as well. And the uh, finishing position bets for Kevin Harvick in the four car. Now let's actually go to his teammate. Yeah, we're talking about two Stuart Haas racing cars. This early in the season, I, I'm shocked. But I said it last week, and he was our shining star for us. Eric Almarola, he's minus 125. So the secret's out, I guess you could say, for the sports books. 
But how could you possibly justify saying, nah, this is the week that I'm going to say no to a top 10 for Eric Amarola. We've hit the last couple weeks, and he's got three straight. He's the only driver to have a top 10 in all three races, so that's phenomenal. At Vegas, there was a part in that race, I think during stage two, where I was like, wow, you know, that looks like that's coming to an end. But no, sure enough, he fought and clawed, and he was well within the top 10 uh, as far as, like, distance on the racetrack. I think he was, like, eighth or ninth in running position, but he was well ahead of the 10th place car, you know, right before that caution came out. Then I was a little nervous. I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to survive, but he did. He was able to hang in there for that top 10. So why would we bail, you know? I'm going to ride it until this wave crashes. Last 10 races at Phoenix tells you a story that, you know, is what you want to hear if you're riding this. 10 races, two top fives, six top tens. That's a really good percentage there. And he is within the top 10 rankings for both driver rating and average finish. He's 10th in driver rating, 7th in average finish, which is 10.1, exactly what we're looking for. And he's slightly better in the springtime. Last year, he finished 6th and 11th in that championship race. So he's right on it. So the books clearly are seeing his stats here plus you know, what we're seeing this year as far as being able to top 10 so far. So that's why his odds are going from plus 200 to minus 125. That makes sense. I kind of expected these shifts, but I'm still comfortable with it. You know, I was thinking it was going to be too much where, you know, it was like Harvick number. Minus 165, you know, if that's what they came out with, I'd be a little skeptical for somebody like Amarola compared to Harvick. You know, like last week, I think it was Eric Jones who was like minus 140. That was recency bias, and it proved to be the case. So minus 125, though, for Amarola, I'm, I'm happy with. He's also plus 2,500 to win the race. He would be a name that would be different, you know, taking advantage of the next-gen car, snagging a win from some of these bigger-name teams and drivers. Um, that would be interesting. So plus 2,500 if you're a big fan of him to win the race, but... Minus 125 is what I'm on to finish in the top 10. I mean, it's a combination of, you know, superstition. You don't want to not take him when he's on this roll and also good stats. So I think it's a sound bet if you want to ride with me there. The last guy that I'm going to call out here in this section is someone that I kind of had to dig deep for. I wanted something at a little bit better value, and I landed on Kurt Busch here. So this is the value pick, I guess, in this section. Three top 10s in his last 10 races at Phoenix, which is 30% in that time span. Not too bad. You know, that's what you'd maybe expect for a, a value pick. For his career, he's 20 for 38. That's you know, better than 50%. That's incredible. So for his career, I know we don't typically talk about career stats, when we're focusing in on some of these guys, but I wanted to take a second here to kind of justify this pick for Kurt because he's jumped around a lot, you know? He's been on a lot of different teams. So I wanted to see if there was any sort of trend when he joined those new teams, you know? How does he do? Well, at Phoenix, he actually does pretty well when he's driving in his first start in his new vehicle. At Phoenix, while he was driving the 22 for the first time, the 78, and the one car, he had a top 10 at Phoenix in his first time there, which is impressive. And his second visit, he got a top 10 in the two car and the 41 car. So basically, early 
in his new stint, he gets a top 10 at Phoenix. I mean, when you're 20 for 38, yeah, those numbers pretty much make sense. But the point I'm trying to make here is Kurt, being on a new team, likes to try to make an early impact, it seems, at Phoenix. So that makes me a little less queasy about a, a plus 130 number, you know, and he's had quick success, and that's what we're looking for. His average finish isn't great, 15.5, but it does improve in the spring. He's 12.6 average finish in the spring races the last five, and that's actually good enough for 10th on the circuit. So combination of, you know, three for 10 top 10s, new team, kind of make an impact earlier in the season, top 10s. He's done it multiple times on multiple teams, and he likes the spring race better. So plus 130 is a little less scary for me for Kurt Busch, so lock me in for him in that new 45 car. So it's Kurt Busch. Plus 130, the value there. Eric Amarola, minus 125. And Kevin Harvick, minus 165 to finish in the top 10. Plus 200, top five. Lock me in, baby. Let's fucking go. Is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. So now we are going to welcome on our, our special guest, Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast. I was over on their podcast for the Daytona episode, and now Chris visiting me here for Phoenix, and I really appreciate his time. He came and joined last year for Daytona, and we did a full tank face-off. He beat me. So now we will be talking head-to-heads, amongst other things, this week with Chris, and uh, we will do the full tank face-off and see where we shake out. So without further ado, here is Chris. So now we are thankful to welcome on once again to the podcast, Chris from the Flag Hunting Podcast. Uh, second time Chris has joined us. First time this year, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing real well, Phil. I, uh, I'm honored to be on here again. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to talk, talk Phoenix. Definitely excited to talk Phoenix. Um, Want to give you a bit of a, a runway and an intro here for for anyone who wasn't listening last year, um, and maybe join you know listening to start 2022. Chris was one of the first people to reach out when I put uh, kind of a message out there for this like head to head concept of this like full tank face off. Chris's background in NASCAR. Your family was in um, in the sport actually. I mean, we don't have to get um back into that detail but just so people know like you're you're coming from a, a real place of uh i guess passion um you know and then got back into the sport with gambling um so you were the only person to ever beat me in the, the full tank face-off still um so I, I got revenge on my mind we will get to the the face-off in just a bit but you ended up starting your own podcast which i thought when we were talking i think it was recorded on the podcast you were saying like you've got a group chat with your buddies and you're the nascar guy and you've got some other guys who do different sports and and now you and your your buddy ian have the flag hunting podcast so how's that going it's it's awesome it's really been um cool to build that with ian uh, i think we kind of talked about it when i had you on my podcast but um or you on the flag hunting podcast but yeah, I think so. We had that group chat and we've always kind of, we all had like a little different specialties and Ian had kind of been tossing down the, uh, the idea around of, you know, let's 
let's do this. You know, like let's start a podcast. And I was just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call myself like an expert in the NASCAR field. Yeah. Like I'm just getting into this. Like, uh, but then, you know, like I hit one or two in our chat and then I came on the, on your podcast last year. And I think I was just, I was really inspired and uh, it's always nice to, you know, humble brag to be an, a NASCAR expert 3-0 in the head to head. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I, I was, I was just really riding a high after we got off that podcast and I was like, you know, Ian, you know, what? let's, let's do this. Let's just, let's do the dang thing. So yeah, uh, here we are. Like, you know, I think we started like, I want to say August or September of last year. Um, so Ian really, he really got going real hard in the fall. We hit two or three outrights right away with him. Um, I think by the end of the season, by the end of the fall, I think we were banking like plus 170 units for golf. My gosh. Um, NASCAR, we were quite down the hole a little bit, but we're on the upswing this season. Uh, in the spring, I hit the Daytona winner to start out the year. So, um, yeah, we're, we're riding high over there. Uh, we're a little bit of a downswing right now, but hey, the luck's got to turn around at some point. I'll say, uh, just to comment on that, like I mentioned it earlier in this episode when I was doing just like my kind of uh, intro stuff, I saw a tweet from um, Jordan Maccabee, who, um, you know, we all uh, know and love, and, and he's been on here a few times. He had uh, a tweet that said he was like, uh, I think he hit one third of the bets that he placed on NASCAR but was up like X yeah, amount of units. That. And he, and he like, that's what betting on NASCAR is. So you got to take your lumps and, and got to, you know, just kind of count the, the money and not the like win loss column. So um, that, that tweet like put a lot in perspective for me when we're talking about like this season, especially cause it's, it's been tough uh, so far, but um, yeah, your guys podcast is definitely fun to listen to. I love just like the, the bouncing back and forth, um, to each other in the, the different sports. And, you know, this week, um, as far as golf, you got the players, uh, which is a big deal, I'm sure, for Ian. And then we got the Masters around the corner. So if you love NASCAR and you, you play golf, it's like the perfect uh, combo, really, to listen to. 100%. Um, and, and I guess I'll jump in real quick and just say that, you know, for listeners of, for listeners of your pod, you're very familiar with Derek, uh, Picks by Blaze on Twitter. He's actually going to be joining us uh, for the Masters week, Master because it's Masters in Martinsville in the same week. Um, so awesome. he, reached, he was reached out and was super excited to join for that. So if you're fans of Derek, be sure to tune in for that week. That'll be fun. For sure. He's going to give you a lot of good stuff that week. That's a, that's a big episode. I, I, was, I was texting him about that. Like, how'd you score the Masters episode? That's a big one. Um, so, yeah, very cool. And I, I wanted to ask it just real quick. Have you guys looked at, like, I have no knowledge if there's anything like this, but is there any uh, like golf tournament in and around one of the races where you guys would like be able to go and like make a huge weekend out of it? Like to, to like kind of be in the similar, you know, geographical area or is there nothing really like that? You think, uh, you know, that's a really good point. I don't know if we've ever actually compared our schedules. We, we mainly just looked at like, Hey, what are your big races? What are the big, tournaments and do any of them line up and like masters of martins will end up being one of those um yeah no that's a good point i don't know we'll have to look at that at some point i don't i don't know the golf schedule well enough to yeah i, I was just that. i wasn't sure like i don't know exactly like where pebble beach is but like if they're ever at pebble beach maybe like sonoma if that was like the sonoma weekend like that's a, a northern california trip right there like there's a reason right. for it um anyway it was just something i was thinking of but um so let's get into one other 
topic, um, maybe a sewer topic, but then transitioning into a, a better one. We, you know, last time you were on, we were talking about getting back into NASCAR um, for a while, and, and you know, your favorite drivers were kind of part of that. In addition to gambling, Matty D was your guy last summer for the Daytona episode uh, on on this podcast, and he's obviously uh, transitioned into the trucks. So before we talk about who you're following new now um what are your feelings towards maddie d through uh two races in the trucks have you been watching or is it just not really uh not really worth the time now no no i um i definitely tuned in the last i think two of the last three weeks i don't think i watched two weeks ago so i don't really know where he finished then but this past week he had a great finish um but yeah so i um I'm not completely giving up on Matty. I, I still want to pay attention to his career. I'm still invested in him because I was a fan for him for so long. Um, I was a little disappointed that he didn't get a bigger truck ride. But with that being said, I think it's a truck team that's willing to look to make that next jump. And if you kind of flip the script and kind of look at it from their point of view, if you're just a, you know, a fan of, um, of uh, Rackley, then, you know, that's an awesome signing. Um, so I think for a team that is really looking to make the next jump, Matt's, Matt's a great guy to, to make, to help you in that progress. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Matt can do with it in that ride. Cause there's been some good, um, guys that were in that ride in the past that have had good runs. I think Ryan Priest ran a few races in it last year. And, um, yeah, there was a, there was a few Josh, Josh Barry, Barry, William Barron, William Byron, I think took one or two. Um, he's, he's got potential. I, I'm a little let down so far. I don't know if I had my expectations a little too high. Like I thought Daytona, he was going to be a factor. He was not. And Vegas, he kind of like fell into a top 10 because there were some wrecks towards the end. Um, And I thought Vegas, like he, he, he did a pretty good job in the cup series at Vegas, like, you know, sneaking into some top tens in a cup ride. So I kind of thought that he'd be more of a factor and the books didn't even have him in like head to head matchups, which like scares me. Huh. To think like, why aren't they, you know, they didn't uh, dig or uh, Daytona, but, um, I, you know, I, I'm very hyper-focused on Matt because I, I want to see him do well too. I just kind of maybe expected a little bit too much too soon. So um, still holding out hope. I think, yeah, I think we were a little bit on different ends there because I think we, we kind of talked about before the season. I think you were very high coming into the season. I was very like tempered. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But it's funny because it's funny because now you're coming down a little bit and I'm actually coming up a little bit. <laughs> I, that's the thing about expectations. Like if they're set right, then things are good. But um, yeah, I, I expected him really to like take the the, the series by storm because um, I think I don't think his ride's too bad, like you said. Um, so we'll see. You know, two races in, we'll we'll see how it does. I think their next one's at Atlanta, so um, we'll hold out hope and and i want to be able to bet on them that's the thing like i yeah. i don't want to bet them like plus three thousand you know what i mean that seems like more of a long shot i want to bet them like with a real chance to win and, and get behind them so you had a great episode to start the season where you chose your your next guy that you're following in the cup series so where did you land and you know why'd you do it and how's it working out for you so far so yeah uh tyler reddick in the eight car for rcr um I'm super excited. Tyler's a guy I've been kind of following for a few years. Um, when I've, I think I've mentioned on your pod last year, one of the first things that got me back into NASCAR when I came back to the sport was um, Dale Jr.'s podcast. Uh, and Dale Jr.'s uh, one of the first drivers he had in the Xfinity's for JR Motorsports, or most recently when I got, when I was listening to the pod, was Tyler Reddick, and he ended up winning the championship for him. 
Um, so he was on Dale's podcast a lot that year. So you got to hear a lot from him. Um, and then, yeah, he just seems like no matter where he is, he just seems like he's just this, this little fun little kid who's just enjoying every aspect of life. I mean, he just seems so fun. Uh, I mean, even, even at the clash, um, you know, we saw him absolutely dominating and then he, you know, breaks the triaxle. And instead of just being down the slums about it, you know, there was all these reports after the race, how he was in the crowd signing autographs, taking pictures with fans, like just completely engaging with everybody. And that's, that's awesome. That's what you want from, from a driver. And it just seems like, uh, you know, in two of the three races this year, he was the most dominant car and had an unfortunate break. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been rough to be a fan here early because it feels like, it feels like he's on the precipice of really breaking through and it's just had some bad luck. Uh, but I mean, gosh, in, in time, I think it's going to be really fun to, to follow him. And if he can, if he can get out two, three wins this year and uh, be looking towards an open ride in a bigger team uh, next few years, I think we'll, we could see some, some stardom from, from Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, my preview of the season episode, I called him out to win one race uh he was like 0.5 which is mm-hmm. like taking candy from a baby you would think um and i also haven't been a head-to-head i have my whiteboard above me versus christopher bell um so i, I i'm all in on reddick also i think that was a great pick when you were breaking down one by one like eliminating guys is the way you guys did it i was like holding out hope that he was going to be your guy um and i don't know why i i, I that was the one i was cheering for so um it worked out so how is the season going for you so far? Because this new car is definitely bringing a a good element, I think from a fan's perspective, but from a gambler's perspective, uh, it's been a little, you know, difficult, I guess. Uh, So how have you been working out so far through three races? Yeah. So from a gambler perspective, we're, we're luckily we're still up because of the syndrome hit from Daytona. So that's, that's good. Gave us a little bit of cushion. That's why I kind of wanted to, I wanted to start out on top. So I had room to kind of wait to get some stats behind this new car and kind of have some things to go by because coming in the season, I think I told Ian a million times, like it's going to be hard for me to bet on anybody that's not just an absolute wheelman and any car that they're in. So I saw myself betting on, you know, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, um, you know, those guys just that it doesn't matter what ride they're in. They're going to be a, a top talent. Um, so I think now it's starting to get to the point where it's getting a little easier to break down this data, but I think last week, I think I'd actually talked to you a little bit about, I had no clue what to do just because we were coming off of a clash. It was a track we'd never seen before Daytona, which you can't really use much of the stats from that track. And then Fontana, given that it was an awesome race and we saw a lot there, there was just a lot of weird things happening with, you know, the, the flat tire debacle and, you know, all those weird things going on. So I just, I was completely lost last week. So that's why I ended up going with that, that Chris's cronies card for my birthday. Cause I was, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make a cop out here, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think it's starting to get to the point now where we can start to zoom in on some certain things and we see, um, we see some guys kind of rising to the top, but we also see some of these smaller teams might make more of an impact than we thought. So I think it's going to be really exciting. I think it's going to be hard to probably hit outrights, which is kind of where I lean when I bet. I do a lot of outrights. I kind of shy away from the props, which, which could be dangerous for me. But if, if we hit one or two of those long shots every once in a while, you know, that's going to keep the bank rolling. So that's kind of where I sit right now, honestly. I'm, I'm 
excited as a fan, but as a as a gambler and a better, it's going to be it's probably going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, I would echo everything you're saying there. The I guess if you're more privy to bet on the the outrights, until we see one of these lower whatever the, the the b level teams actually win a race i think you're probably safe like larson you know finished first and, and then second last week like he he was the favorite he probably should have won bowman you know i consider him a wonky winner but um he's still part of a, a major team so we've got guys that are in the top 10 and fighting but no one's been able to pull it off yet so if you're betting outrights and and that's where you're making your your bones you know, there's not really a reason to be too concerned until one of these guys like really comes in from the back. And even Cendric, you know, he big money day, uh, big hit there. But, you know, Daytona's Daytona. I don't think he was too far off the beaten path as far as like making that pick. So um, it's nothing to be scared of, I guess. Like if, if we had Eric Jones win that race a couple of weeks ago and we had or Suarez, right? And we had Chastain last week, then I'd be shook if I was betting outrights like heavy. Um, but I still think, you know, the outright market is, is stable, uh, if we want to use that term until it's, you know, proven otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. Could you, could you imagine where we'd be sitting right now? If the first three winners were Tyler Reddick, you know, Eric Jones or Daniel Suarez, and then Ross Chastain, I mean, we would have no clue what to do right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't think the funny thing is the sports books, I don't think would know what to do either because like we're reacting to the lines. So if those were the winners, what would the lines look like? Like, yeah, do you sure. still put Larson at these like crazy numbers, like plus three fifty or whatever they're at right now? Uh, or do you make it more kind of similar to like Daytona? Cause it's anybody can win. Um, eventually through the season, these guys are going to figure this car out and the, the lower teams are like, if you are a lower team, you got to, you got to strike now because there's not going to be these like Christopher Bell's going for a ride, like spinning, you know, as Danik is talking about, him. uh, that's, that stuff's going to get straightened out pretty quick. Um, so they got to strike while they are on top. That's, that's actually one of my worries with, with Reddick actually, because I wanted RCR to strike early because they had this technical advantage with this car. Um, they're the ones that really pioneered this whole, new car so i was really hoping that todd Rex was going to get one really early before you know the Stuart Haas's penske's to joe gibbs of the world catch up um so I, i'm hoping i'm hoping it's not already too late <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know it's tough for you know you probably know looking through your data like it's tough to make calls on those guys because Redex only have you know, at max two races at some of these tracks, sometimes only one. And then you got to look at Xfinity data. Um, and then he doesn't have practice, doesn't have qualifying. Same thing for Bell, Briscoe, you know, Custer, I guess you could loop him in. I think he might've had practice one year, but it's tough to, to really, you know, dictate or, or make a call on some of these guys because I want to say, yeah, like last week, I think I did call out Reddick to, to win the race at plus 1400. But you're going with a lot of blind faith. And, you know, this weekend, I don't think his numbers are that great. Um, but, you know, do the numbers matter for a guy like that right now? Or do you just go with, you know, the hot hand in Tyler Reddick um, and say, hey, you know, he, he's good with this vehicle. The other guys are, you know, the playing field's a little bit more even. His stats in the past don't matter. Like, what's your mentality with that kind of thing? 
Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's exactly what you said. You kind of have to go in blind faith a little bit and just kind of trust your gut. Uh, I mean, I have, so when I'm putting together a lot of my data, I actually have a conditional format in Excel where I have it highlight if they only, if they have less than two races, just because that's my, it's like too much of a, too low of a sample size for me. So a lot of times if I see that conditional format, I'm like, well, well, I guess I got to ax out this data because it's, that's, you can't really count that. So that's been happening a lot for me for, you know, the guys you just mentioned, Cedric Reddick, all those guys, Bill. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I even mentioned it probably the past two weeks on my podcast because I've been betting Reddick, but it's just like, Hey, the stats aren't good here, but <laughs> yeah. you have to trust. You just have to trust me that uh, he's going to break out at some point, and you're not going to want to miss it at the current number because once he wins, you're not going to get that number anymore. That's that's a great way to look at it. Like who who can you get now that it's going to change drastically if they win? You know, that's he is definitely one of those guys. There are guys like Suarez. Um, the other day or the other week where if he had one, I don't think it would be as drastic yeah. of a shift, but um, that's a great call. You know, you want to kind of ride some of these guys, the good odds while you can still get them. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, you know, we'll turn our attention to, to Phoenix. Um, we're going to get into the, the face-off here in one second, but I guess initial thoughts on Phoenix. Do you like that track? Um, anything that, you know, kind of strikes you in one way or the other in terms of, um, you know, history there or, or any bets like off the top of your head that you love? Um, so, yeah, I think Phoenix is one of those tracks where I've, I've kind of went back and forth over the last few years on it. But I do think the finale that we saw here in the fall was was awesome. I mean, I think um, and I was planning to talk about this a little bit in my podcast, but the fact that in that race we saw every championship contender at one point during that race, you thought they were going to win. And I think that's, that's cool. That's cool to see when you have a track that can separate um, over the short and long runs, how much things change. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big factor in kind of what I'm doing with my bets this week. Um, so yeah, I think, I think things is fun. I think it's going to be, I think this, this package could make this track even better. I thought we'll probably be saying that a lot this season. I hope at least. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's their hope too. But <laughs> but yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. And um, I mean, did you want me to talk about particular bets, particular, or just in the past? Before we get into actually the bets, I, I did have one question for you because to yeah. to kick things off, um, when I'm opening up Phoenix earlier in this episode, I'm calling out something that I think is a big deal, and I want to bounce it off you to see if you think it's a big deal. Um, okay. So. I think that especially the last two fall races, um, I think it's almost tough to keep them in the, the data. Uh, I think you could also loop pretty much the fall races from the last like five years because it was the championship, because you know other drivers are giving the championship for more space. They're not racing like they do in the fall or in the uh, spring. So I actually kind of broke things out separate and said, Hey, here's what they are in the last 10, but you know, in the spring race, these are the, the stats. That's kind of how I was setting up the episode. Do you think there's any validity in that? Or am I just crazy trying to dig too deep? Uh, no, I mean, you know, that's something I never thought about, I guess when I was putting together my data today. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's bad. It's a good point, honestly, because you definitely want it. You don't want to get in the way of the championship four, but I guess one point that, I will say to kind of be devil's advocate to this is with this new car being a um, 
high horsepower, low, low downforce. If there's any tracks we've had in the last two or three years where we used a very similar package, it was this track. It was Richmond. It was New Hampshire. So if there's anything that we, I think we have more data this week to use than we've had all year. Um, okay. And that's, that's good. So you're not throwing out the 10. And I don't think I was throwing out those, those 10 races, but you know, it is in your mind worth going all the way back, you know, keeping all of them in the data. I, I did personally, but yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, but I definitely think it's a good point to, and I'm, I'm actually kind of sitting here thinking like, man, should I have taken that to account more? Because I do think it's a good point because like you said, I mean, those drivers that aren't in the top four, they're going to want to stay out of the way. They don't want to be the one to cost someone from winning a championship. So it's, it's definitely a good point. Yeah, I, I guess if you're one of the drivers, that's the only way you can tell like how much you actually do let off. Like people will talk, you know, oh no, we race, we race hard. But like, I think, you know, it is a little bit different. It is a little um, just skewed slightly. Um, so that, that's why I brought it up. But um, I don't want you to give away any, any uh, bets for your podcast or anything, you know, any, any leans that you have for uh, winning the race or anything like that. Is there a guy, I guess, that you would direct people to, to kind of focus on in one way or the other, whether it's a, a win or, or top 10, just anybody to focus on and look harder at? Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it's probably going to be Christopher Bell this week. And uh, I'm going to talk about this a lot in my podcast, but he's one of those guys where you put together all your data and you look at it and you're like, all right, he's definitely going to be one of the guys I bet on this week. And then you go look at his number and you're like, Okay, now I'm definitely on board. But then, <laughs> but then you go to Twitter and you see that everybody else is on him. And sometimes that's a little scary because when everybody's on him, not only is the number going to get, you know, lower, but if you're some, a lot of times, and I feel me and Eno will probably talk about this too, because I feel like it happens in the golfer all the time where you'll see, you'll get on Twitter and everybody's going to be in the same golfer. And then that golfer comes out and misses the cut. Um <laughs> So for NASCAR, it's, it's, it makes you very like wary, like, man, if, if we're all on him, is this going to go very badly for us? But then if you don't get on him and you don't, and everybody else is, then you're going to have some major FOMO. So, so I think um, that's kind of where I sit, but yeah, Christopher Bell is um, he's shown very strong stats um, at these short flat tracks. And then I guess we actually kind of led right into this ironically, uh, but for his Xfinity stats, um, at these tracks in particular that I use for my model, which is Phoenix, Richmond, and Loudoun, they are incredible. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but in five starts at Phoenix, he's got one win and three top fives. In three starts at Richmond, he's got three wins. And in three starts in Loudoun, he's got three wins. Holy it's cow. I didn't incredible. realize that. <laughs> so, yeah, and he, he's uh, sitting at 35 to one still on some books. Uh, he's 28 to one on the one that I bet on. My so I, I actually urged some guys in our that group chat that we met, we've mentioned a few times. If you haven't got on him, go do it now before this number moves. Love that. Uh, and, and not only that, but that's a tidbit for Richmond and, and New Hampshire too. Like right, right. Um, good stuff. Yeah. I, I, he's someone that I was um, interested in, in a couple different ways, but um didn't think of him. It was one of kind of the same conversation we were just having. Like, is he worth betting on to win the race? You know, you're you're calling that out as yeah. Let's let's go with kind of blind faith, but not really because he's he's proven it. You know, throughout his career, just hasn't had a, a full opportunity or a real long opportunity to do it in the Cup Series. So I like it. I, I could definitely get behind betting on him to win. 
yeah i uh that's that's probably my main one and um i have a few others but i'll save some of those notes <laughs> yeah so let's get into the the face-off so um for for anyone who is the first time listening to it the the concept here is we're gonna talk about the head-to-head matchups uh, which we typically do towards the end of the episode. And to do it this week, we're going to have a, a back and forth uh, pick here. So Chris is going to go first. He's going to choose any head-to-head matchup that's available somewhere out there. Um, and he's going to let us know what driver he's going with in that matchup. I then will get stuck with whoever he doesn't want. Then I will go. And uh, Chris will round us out with the third. So we'll have a best of three series here in, in three head-to-head matchups. I'll put the, the tail of the tape out there on uh, Instagram with the bad Photoshop and um, see if people want to vote on it and then see how we do in the end. Um, like I said, Chris uh, swept me in the July or whatever that was, August Daytona race last year. And um, I'm, I'm out for revenge. So um, we had, for full context... So recording this a little earlier than I usually record. I'm actually cutting into Chris's uh, podcast time here. So we're thankful to have him. We only had four matchups to look at all day. And then like an hour before we started recording, um, there were a lot more that became available. So it'll be interesting to see how we handle this. So Chris, the floor is yours. Who's the first matchup that you want to go with? Yeah, so I think there is an absolute slam dunk on the first four that we had available to us. And it's the guy that I was just talking about. Uh, oh. Alex Bowman and Christopher Bell. Um, so I think it actually, I didn't catch it, but apparently it opened up. Alex Bowman was actually um, the favorite in this matchup when it first opened. Um, I think PJ Walsh actually had talked about that on Twitter a little bit. Um, but it's now even at minus 115 apiece. Um, so yeah, you, you just heard me gushing about Christopher Bell. So I don't have too much more to say about him. Um, but at this track in particular, JGR is a, is a specialist of this track. Um, each, each step along the way, Bell has shown just a little more improvement every time. Um, in, uh, see, in 2021, uh, Christopher Bell went five for five and finishing top 10 at these short flat tracks with an average finish of 5.4. Um, and then, yeah, then I guess on top of that, the case against Alex Bowman is very strong. Um, <laughs> in, so, since, so in 2016, Alex Bowman in the 88 car, uh, he won the pole, led 194 laps, had the best drive rating, and finished sixth. Since then, zero top tens, zero laps led. So, yeah, I'm going to hand it over to you and say good luck. <laughs> this is the one when you when you started talking about Christopher Bell a second ago. I was happy, you know, that um, you were kind of on him, but at the same time, I was crossing my fingers that you would not take him in the first matchup because he is who I wanted uh, in my matchup. Um, so I will accept Bowman because of the rules. And, uh, you know, I'll say with uh, the first race of the year with Derek, you know, he, he gave me um, somebody. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. I think it might have been Suarez. I can't remember. Suarez, yeah. um, and I was losing it just kind of a similar way. And Suarez ended up walking into it, uh, a win there for me. So, but I have some, some stuff to talk about here as well, uh, because when it comes down to like actually betting Christopher Bell over Bowman, I'm 100% doing that um, outside of the, the face-off. Um, once he got into the JGR equipment, back-to-back top tens at, at Phoenix uh, in the cup series, he was in the 95 before that skews the stats just a bit. So you want to kind of block that out, but more so I went into Bowman and I was interested to see, because there's all this talk this week about Bowman, 
Um, obviously, the, the feud with Kyle Bush and how he backs into wins and blah, 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 blah. And I was trying to look into, does he ever back it up, right? Because I'm starting to get angry with Bowman because he ruins my bets. Um, and I was like, well, is there like a case to be made like where he really does back into these wins and can't like step up to the plate again and hit it out of the park? And the answer is he does not back it up. Um, I've went back and look at all of his wins. He's got six of them now. Um, or sorry, seven wins total now, six in the past. I wanted to see what his finishing position was at the very next race. And his average finish is 17.6, uh, which is not great, obviously. His best one was at Pocono, where he finished seventh, but that was in that doubleheader. So I feel like he kind of throw that out. Um, and then the other best finish was eighth, which was Coda last year, rain race, road course race, kind of weird, wonky, throw that out. Um, so not good. And we actually have experience here because he has won two races ahead of the Phoenix race and he finished 14th and 18th. So if you're saying his average finishes around 17, the question is, can Christopher Bell do better? I think Christopher Bell is going to be in the top 10. So I fully support your pick here in Christopher Bell. Um, this is not me trying to reverse jinx you because I want this pick uh, for, for my own self um, with my money. So good pick, very sound. And uh, yeah, we're off and running here. So let me give you, let me, can I give you one note real quick? Let me yeah, yeah. Let me give you a little glimmer of hope though. Okay. Uh, one one stat I was going to bring up, and I'm sure you probably come across this too, but in the last 20 races here at Phoenix, Chevy has won 10 of those. So there's a little glimmer for you. There, yeah. Okay. That that helps a little bit, I guess. Chevy, he's part of that camp. Uh, but I I think I'd say any one of his teammates. I wish you could bet. Uh, sometimes I like daydream about like different things you could bet. I wish you could bet like within a camp where people are going to finish. Because I would I would bet that Byron, Larson, and Elliot are all going to finish ahead of Bowman. Like whatever the odds would be on that. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, all right, so because you took that, I have to take one that um, I am not proud of myself for doing, but I'm going to go with one that, that the odds are skewed. Uh, Kevin Harvick minus 155 over Kislowski plus 125. I don't like doing it. I feel kind of uh, shitty, but, you know, you took my, my go-to pick there, so I got to retaliate in some way, shape, or form. I spoke earlier about Kevin Harvick um, and I'm typically someone who, you know, I'm always looking for the value picks in like things like top 10. I called Harvick out at minus 165 to finish in the top 10 because I feel so strongly in it. I, I will throw more money down on that pick than I normally would for these top 10s that I go to um, week in and week out where I'm going for like the plus 150s, plus 200s, et cetera where you can lose more, but if you hit, you're all good. I'm taking a bit of a risk this week in Harvick. Um, he is 10 for 10 in top 10s. And that's including, you know, I'm kind of repeating myself, but I'll say it again. Like that's including last year where everyone was so down on him being shitty. Phoenix is just, you know, that home cooking. He had that, um, not that he's from there, but he, had that stretch where it was like, didn't he win like three in a row at one point in his career? Like it was like, you go to Phoenix and it's Kevin Harvick territory. Like that, yeah. who's coming in second. Um, 
we're, we're a little further out from that now, you know, if you look back 10 races, but his stats still hold up. He's, he's getting it done. He might not be top five this week, but I, I would bet that he's going to be in that top 10. So then you look at Kozlowski. Um, I'm, I'm fading Brad now until he proves himself. I want to pick Brad because his odds are pretty solid. Like his top 10 numbers. He's a guy, like you said about Redick. Once he does something well, you're not going to get that value for him anymore. But he's had a rough start to the year. Like, has not it has not gone well. So um, that combination of of Harvick just like loving this racetrack, it seems, and Kozlowski still figuring things out in this six car. That's clearly why the books have it in a skewed matchup. And and I agree. Like, I, I don't think they're wrong here. Um, so, what are your thoughts on receiving Brad in this matchup? Yeah, not not great. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably equally as, as you feel with Bowman. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was kind of scrambling here because I didn't have a lot of notes on Brad. Um, so I was just kind of looking real quick. It looks like in his career at the three short flats that we've been referencing here, which which is Richmond, Phoenix, and um, Loudon or New Hampshire, he does have two wins at Loudon, two wins at Richmond. Um, none at Phoenix though. Um, eight top fives at Phoenix, so it's not terrible. But then again, that's all on the Penske car. So, and, or most of it in Pensacola. So like you said, um, yeah, it, it's getting hard. I feel like I've, I feel like I've been up and down on Kez this year because I came into uh, the clash very hopeful. And then he was absolutely garbage at the clash. And then in Daytona was up front, him and Buster all day were up front. So I was like, okay, maybe this seems better than I thought. So I was up on him. And then like, I just feel like ever since then, yeah, he hasn't been there. And, and I don't know if you listened to um, um the teardown with Jordan Bianchi and Jeff Gluck, but they kind of touched on the fact that it just feels like Kez is trying a little too hard. Like it's almost like he's trying to be too aggressive and that's why he keeps spinning out every week. And he's just not used to being in equipment where he can't just do his thing and be up front. He's having to push a little bit harder. And he's, this car is one of those cars are, you might not be able to push it that you're still learning it. You got to, if you push too hard, you're going to spin out. And that's what we've exactly what we've seen. Um, yeah. So yeah. And then, and then you've already touched on Harvick, obviously. He's a nine-time winner here. Seven, I think he's actually got 17 straight top tens, what I had written down. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't go then, back that far. <laughs> That's yeah, wild. He's finished uh, between fourth and ninth in eight of the last ten races. So, yeah, I think this is probably a slam dunk for you. Um, but, I mean, I guess you never know, though, because, I mean, SHR is another team that I still just – I don't know where I stand with SHR. Like, I feel like every time I'm ready to start betting them again, and then they have a bad race. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm cheering for them. I have their over two and a half um, wins this year. I'm cheering for them just because if you can call them an underdog, like I, I, they're, they're a super team technically like year, two years ago, they were equal footing with uh, Gibbs and Hendrick and Penske. Uh, but now they're down a little bit. So that makes me cheer for them a little bit more. And they got a couple younger drivers who are very likable and Custer and, and Briscoe, and then, you know, a couple of the older guys who I also don't mind cheering for. So uh, I want them to do well. I, I think they're off to an okay start. If you look compared to last year, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that team, I, I'm hoping that they rebound, but Brad, to play devil's advocate, like um, you were doing with me with Bowman, his numbers at Phoenix aren't bad, you know, and, and what we're trying to build a case around is I think I'm going to give it until like the all-star break and then make a, a decisive decision for Kozlowski. Was it the two car or was it Brad? And we're going to, part of that, 
uh, use case and, and case study is how Cindric does too. Because Cindric has that win, but the last two races, he's not lighting the world on fire. So, you know, if they're both struggling, okay, you know, that's that's one thing. But if Cindric's accelerating and, and Kozlowski's down here, then we know, you know, when we're looking at stats for the rest of the year, let's just cross out uh, Brad and put Cindric in there. So um, his stats are good at Phoenix. They're, they're top five, you know, average finish, driver rating, et cetera, um, you know, top 10. But um, he does better in the spring. I mentioned that his driver rating goes up in the spring. Um, average finish is right around the same. So there, there's a chance, but that six car, man, I, I think that's going to be the, the deciding factor. So um, I'm sorry I'm taking the big the big odds there, but uh, I feel like I had to to, to survive here and, and at least get one. No, totally fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> so round this out. Uh, this is this is going to be a tougher one, I guess. Then, it, you know, if we got two slam dunks, we're calling it. What's going to be the, the the rubber match here? Yeah, I'm I'm out of I'm out of flex for what I want to do here because um, there's two other ones that I had written down, and then there's one that I could do where I could be really dirty, but I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I could give you I could I could leave you with Bowman twice if I wanted to, but I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that would have to be against the rules. That would have to be against the rules. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I think I think I want to go. Let's get one with some heavyweights. Um, so I think I'm going to go with, and I'm imagining, not knowing what you did, what you talked about in your podcast yet. I'm assuming you probably picked one of Truex, Logano, or Hamlin, just because that's where my model led me. So I'm feeling that you probably on one of those. So I'm just trying in my head, like, I wonder which way you went. Because the way I went, and the way I'm going to go in my podcast later, is I went the Denny route. So then I can look at this and say, all right, do I want to pair you with Kyle? Do I want to pair you with Truex? Who else? You got? I can go Logano for you. There's a bunch of different ones that Denny's paired up with here. But I think I'm going to give you Kyle Busch. Okay. And I'm going to, and I'm going to take Denny. Okay. So before I say anything, did you bet neither of those two? <laughs> I bet Kyle Busch to win. You did? Okay. So he was my first it. pick. I love it. I love it. I did not take Truex or Hamlin. Um, I did toil with that decision, but I went with Kyle for, for a number of different reasons, uh, plus 700. So I love it. This is, this is fun. This yeah, is a good, good matchup. This, yeah, it turns out really good thing because I'm going to be talking about Danny in my podcast here shortly. So – yeah, I guess I'll start out with Denny and then we'll, you've probably already talked a lot about Kyle, but I'll, I want to hear your case. So yeah, I, when I ran my model, I ran it off of 10 different metrics and Denny actually came out number one for me, um, which actually worked out because of Denny, Joey, um, Martin and Kyle, he had the best odds of those four. So it actually kind of worked out and that's where I landed. Um, so where his stats go, um, two wins, 16 top fives at Phoenix in his career. Um, three wins, 15 top fives at Richmond and three wins, 11 top fives at Loudon or New Hampshire. I keep calling it Loudon. Um, at Phoenix, he's the, he has the second best driver rating, um, only behind Logano in the last, uh, since 2019, I believe is that stat. Um, yeah. And then, you know, he's had a very slow start to the season. You know, he's got a 37th place finish, a 15th place finish and a 32nd place finish. I think he's gonna be very motivated to get a good finish. He's probably going to play a little safe to make sure he's not wrecking out of this thing. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, and yeah. And then in both races here last year, he finished third. So really all I got to do is just get a, a T3 and hope that Kyle Busch doesn't win. And I think that 
I could I could win I could pull this out. So um, yeah, this this one's gonna be a heavyweight matchup for sure. This is gonna be fun. So I got to give you props on uh, on Hamlin because you know the the years that I would look that I was looking at like the the data that I'm pulling. You know I wasn't focused in on such short range. Um, and Hamlin definitely you know when you said that it got my attention. I'm pulling up stats right now. Um, you know last three races he's been great here um two of those being the the championship race so um if you if you're all about that then that's a good thing if you kind of think there's some validity to what i was saying earlier then maybe it's not but fact remains he's top five three races in a row and that's great whereas bush is not and kind of the case that i was making for bush was like you know he has had greatness here um it, to me it was like you have these tracks that come with like ebbs and flows and you have Harvick. He was the guy. And then it kind of turned into Kyle Bush, like without people really noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, he's, he's kind of falling out. So in those three races that, you know, calling out Kyle is 11, 25 and, and fifth, excuse me, seventh. Um, so Denny has the last three head to heads. If you go back, like a best of seven series, like, uh, you know, hockey or, or baseball or basketball, Kyle Busch has the, the best of uh, seven. So it's a great matchup. I I was scared by Denny so far this season. Um, for him to tweet out, like, I was the worst driver on the track, where's his headspace at? You know what I mean? Like, is he, is he not grasping this car quick enough? Like, I was nervous that Toyota wasn't going to turn it around um, quickly, and, and they did. So my nerves, the things that I'm worried about, maybe are the wrong things. But – just seeing his performance so far, a track like Daytona where he's dominating, like what happened there? You know what I mean? I mean, we know, but yeah. not what you want. And then the other two lackluster. So, and it's not even like he was dominating. Like you could say with like Tyler Reddick, you know, a couple of the races, it was just, he was there and, and then had a, a bad finish. So it was more so just like, I'm avoiding Denny. Um, and then Kyle, you know, I, I'm not a huge Kyle Busch fan. I know he's like very polarizing, but when you get Kyle, his cars have been good this year, like mm-hmm. a different than Denny. They, they've been competitors and he's ran into some problems. You know, he fought back from five laps down or whatever he was at Fontana to finish, you know, top 15 or whatever that finish was. That's phenomenal. That's a team win basically. Um, and now that he's pissed with this Bowman stuff, like I love uh, betting on guys, you know, if you're going to bet on Kyle Busch, if, if you're a Kyle Busch hater out there and you want to, or you need to bet on him, uh, do it when he's angry and his cars are, are humming because that's the kind of guy or the, that's the Kyle that you want. So the more so like the intangibles, his stats are there. Um, for the last 10 races and and within the last five spring races too um avoiding the the playoff race at phoenix he's he's number one in driver rating his driver rating is number one uh in the last 10 races but then in the last five spring it goes up even further so spring race kyle he's angry uh at phoenix i like that that's why i went with him to win and um this is going to be a good matchup for for all the reasons we laid out so i think we both like our guy here yeah, no, I think so. And you actually kind of swayed me towards Kyle a little bit because Kyle was one of the guys that he didn't 
he didn't do great in my model that I ran, but a lot of that has to do with New Hampshire. Kyle is God awful at New Hampshire. Um, so I think that swayed his, his number for me a little bit. So looking back, I probably missed out on it. On, I probably overlooked him for that, for that reason without realizing how bad his New Hampshire numbers are. Um, yeah. So, if, so I'm, I'm curious though. So there are, I think there's one, two, three, I think there's four different matchups with Denny in it. So would there have been any of those that if I would have taken, you would have felt worse? Cause I feel like for me, I didn't want, I wanted to stay away from Martin because I'm scared of Martin this week. If there's anybody that can mess up my bets, it's going to be Martin. Um, Agreed there. I was like, Kyle Logano scares me, but I guess maybe I, maybe I should have went with Chase Elliott. Maybe I should have given you Chase. So I called Chase out to win also, but he, okay. yeah, yeah, I, for, for, for a number of different reasons, he, he was kind of, he's kind of falling into that little bit of like blind faith situation, even though he does have stats to back it up. Um, I, so I'll answer your question. I think I would have been more scared if I got Logano um, just because Joey is like strange right now, like kind of Denny versus Logano is like a good, like mystery matchup uh I, I i would track that you know sometimes i just like write things on my whiteboard and and just like don't bet on them just because i want to see how it plays out um so that might be one that i do just for my own benefit um so i would have been a little bit maybe more scared of um getting stuck with logano but it's it's a you know you're getting into six and one hand half dozen on the other yeah you, at that point you're just trying to like make yourself feel better um because it really could go 50 50 either way um yeah, so yeah i have a stat on sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i have a stat on Lagana that really scared me away from picking that one though because um Lagana's the guy that i generally kind of wanted to bet this week we, we saw him win the clash so that's the last short race that we've had short track if you want to call it a short track it's not really but you get the idea and then in the last five races at um short flats joey's finished between second and fifth in four of the last five uh, and then in the three races prior to this last fall, he finished first, second, and third. Oh, that, I mean, like I said, the stats are there for, for all these guys, right, in these yeah. matchups that we're talking about. Truex, Logano, Elliott, um, and, and then we'll loop Hamlin in because he's the one who's playing them. The stats are there. It's just who's going to be able to put it together, you know, this week quicker with this new vehicle. Um and Logano, I don't know, for some reason, like I've, I've bet on Logano multiple times this year to win. And so I have my eyes on him, like fully focused. And I feel like he's there. And like the last two weeks, I'm, I'm watching him and he's getting there, top five. And then all of a sudden, like I look back and, and he's, he's 12th. Like, well, what, I looked away for a second. Like what happened there? Bad pit stop. And now he's struggling to get back up. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's scary. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good matchup. I, I think uh, that Hamlin Logano will be a good matchup, uh, but the one we have, Kyle Busch and, and Denny Hamlin, um, I'm I'm really excited for it because teammates also you know makes it even better. Um, so yeah, should be this should be a good good face off here, and uh, I'd be anxious to see kind of like what people think you know and put the poll out there see what comes back uh, for anyone who. Who votes on it so how you feeling do you think you you got the two and oh on me here or, or am i uh evening up no i think i think this one's gonna be close for sure i think it's gonna come down to denny and kyle i really do think i, I think the first two we picked we both knocked out of the park with our picks so i think it comes down to this last one for sure 
yeah, it'd be, it'd be very fun. Um, good stuff. So I guess I'll leave it open to you here. Any other thoughts on Phoenix before I, I let you go and, um, and meet up with Ian to record your podcast? Um, we touched on honestly a lot of my notes. I guess the one guy we didn't really touch on that I'll be touching on shortly in my podcast is, is Almirola. Uh, and I actually considered picking the Almirola and Chastain matchup, Chastain being plus odds in that. Uh, but that's, I don't know, like as much as I love Almirola this week, I think Ch- Chastain at plus odds is actually kind of interesting. I came across a stat that uh, Ryan at iFancy Racing tweeted out um, Chastain over his last four races at short, short flats has an 11.0 average finish and 11.8 average running position. So if he just could finish 11th, I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on Almirola to, to squeak out another top 10 out of nowhere. Um, now, with that being said, Almirola does have really good finishes here. So uh, I think that's a very interesting matchup, but that was one I was leaning on potentially going towards as well. Um, so if I guess if I had chosen that, which side would you have went with? Well, so you're kind of on my same mindset there. I'm calling Almirola out to finish top 10 I because he, he's done it three times you know my style like i'm riding that wave until it crashes um and he's good here so i think he's gonna i'm in to see if he can grab another top 10 and i want to be a part of that um that being said the the so if they were evenly matched if they were both minus 110 i'd go on roller but yeah. the fact that chastain like it's like minus i'm actually watching right now and it just dropped minus 185 to minus 175 for Amarola and then uh Chastain is plus 140 mm-hmm. like that's insane for that's what you get with like these weird I don't know why they do these featured matchups I don't hate it like it's a little twist on things but they let these odds get like super crazy um so Chastain has proven this year even that he's worth uh, a second look so to hear those stats, I mean, I'd be, it just makes me like, whoa, because I'm a big value guy. I like right. the plus 140. He's got my full attention. Amarula is not a lock to finish in the top 10. Everyone's on him this week, I guess, because he's the only guy to finish in the top 10 every race. Uh, but Chastain proved that he, he I, I don't want to say I'm a hater of Chastain. I'm just like not a believer, I guess. And he's right. starting to make me a believer. Like, you know, if he can continue to do what he's done. So plus 140 would have my full attention. That's for sure. And, and the fact that they're on the, so that's the, one of the featured matchups, but then if you just go to the, all the other matchups, they have um, Almirola versus Bowman and that one's even like, to me, you should flip those. <laughs> like, Without a doubt. Without Bowman a doubt. Should be the plus odds and Almirola and, and uh, Chastain should be even. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's definitely opportunity here for uh, that, that Almirola Bowman matchup um to take advantage of it and and maybe you know maybe that is an opportunity for the chastain fans out there to to grab him at a good number in a head-to-head matchup because plus 140 that's a rare number for a head-to-head matchup like you do not see that very often they do their best to keep them pretty even and i'm i'm dying one of my goals this year is like to try to talk to someone at a sports book um because I'm dying to understand like why they do certain things, like why put some of these matchups out there and then they just disappear and they don't come back. Um, so maybe, you know, some of these matchups we don't get on race day. Um, I, if you like what you see, 
you want to jump on it now. So yeah, good stuff. I, I, I'm with you. I think we're in the same boat on, on that matchup. Yeah. And I think, um, to kind of round out that point you just made too about grabbing them when you see them. A lot of times when you see these, these bright minds on Twitter, you know, the Jordan Max of the world and the Roto docs and PJ Walsh and all these guys, as soon as they tweet out a matchup and everyone goes and hammers it, you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to lose that, that, uh, that edge. So that's uh, true. I, I do my best to like avoid like Monday afternoons to like Wednesday when I usually record, I do my best to just like avoid Twitter because of like what you said, like you get inside your head seeing like, oh, wow, these people are all saying the same thing that I am. I like to just like get my thoughts down and out before then I like absorb what everyone else is thinking. And then I'm like, oh, cool. Like people are on it or oh shit, like I'm way off on, on something. Cause it, it is nerve wracking to hear that. Like, you know, as you're trying to plot your own picks. So, um, but you're right. They do move lines. That is a, that is a fact. If they're <laughs> on something <laughs> that line moves. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess um, we can end it there. I really appreciate you making the time this week. I know I changed the, uh, the schedule up on you, um, so you're accommodating me, so I appreciate it. And um, I, I'm really anxious to see how this face-off turns out. This is going to be a really fun fun race this weekend. Yeah, same. This, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, thank you again for letting me come on here. It's always, it's always a blast. Absolutely. I hope to see you again uh, this year. Hopefully we make that happen. Especially if, if I win this one, it's got, we got to go round three, but <laughs> right. I hope to see you. hope to see you regardless. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. So Chris, always a, a fun time talking with you and um, yeah. Good luck this week. Yeah. Same to you. Appreciate it, Phil. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil Faceoff. Thanks so much to Chris once again for coming on and talking shot with me about Phoenix. We'll see who comes out victorious in our face-off. Make sure you go out and place those bets early before the odds change. And remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for Atlanta. to go. Have no place to go. Good